Welcome back to Takeus and McKenna's Elder Care Law Hour. I'm Tim Takeus, and in today's show, we're talking about getting organized and spring cleaning. And I'm Barbara McGinnis. What happens when your loved one has moved beyond just being disorganized or living in a cluttered lifestyle? What if they're a hoarder? Well, with us in this segment is an expert, Marnie Matthews, who's a licensed clinical social worker, and she's going to talk to us about um, how to identify that and how to manage mm -hmm. that. Welcome, Marnie. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So sometimes we joke about our, our parents may, who love their things, be a hoarder, but what's the real clinical definition of a hoarder? That's a very good question because with the, the existence of TV shows, the shows the Hoarders and Hoarding Buried Alive, it is that people can say, oh, look, you've got too much stuff, you're a hoarder. The actual clinical definition is somebody that has extreme difficulty or the inability to let things go. So when we see people with a lot of clutter, we think, oh, that they're a hoarder, they have hoarding issues. But the level of clutter doesn't always mean that somebody meets criteria for the mental health issue of hoarding disorder. It's just that extreme attachment and the inability to let things go, and then things build up to a point with nothing leaving the home that the, the house becomes unusable. Mm -hmm. so, it's, so it's either like a, maybe a psychological thing or maybe it could be a disease or something you know, right. that where it could, could like go to that level perhaps? Yes, so there is a psychological disorder, mental health disorder called hoarding disorder that can be diagnosed. There's also hoarding behavior and the two can get confused easily. So hoarding disorder is the mental health issue again with the extreme attachments but mm -hmm. we always have to rule out is the hoarding behavior, is the fact that somebody's holding on to things um, due to some other issue like a medical issue. So people with dementia may be having hoarding behavior, people with a traumatic brain injury. So if the hoarding behavior is sudden onset, like s starts like, wait, this didn't used to happen, then we're likely looking at hoarding behavior. And hoarding behavior can also come from other mental health issues. Some people might have OCD that requires a lot of work for them and processes to get things out of the house so things build up. Or they might struggle with depression and have difficulty letting go. But when the symptoms of the other mental health issue are alleviated, like depression, anxiety, OCD, or ADHD, then they're able to get rid of things, and therefore we call it hoarding behavior, not hoarding disorder, because the disorder is chronic and progressive. So your task, I guess, with initially is to make distinctions between is this just like clutter, or maybe, you know, are you so essentially you're doing a diagnosis. You know, you're taking a patient history, I guess, in a way, and determining is this is this sudden? You know, was there a trauma, or was there something else that caused this? You know, and then devising a solution which could be therapeutic or, yes. or not? Yes, absolutely. And a couple good points on that. Sometimes when I work with people, I find that it's not important to figure out if it's hoarding disorder or if it's clutter or hoarding behavior. I might know by looking at it and talking to the person, but a lot of people in those situations, especially because what the TV shows, of course, we wouldn't have the awareness we have today without the TV mm -hmm. shows, but a lot of people are ashamed <laughs> and they're embarrassed of the situation. They're afraid of judgment. They're afraid people are going to take their things, so they don't want to be labeled, you know, having hoarding issues. So going in, that might not be my primary goal. The goal is to start making the home safe and functional for them again. But at the same time, there is a big difference. So a lot of people ask, what's the difference between clutter and hoarding? If it's clutter, people can usually clean it up in 30 minutes to 45 minutes and put things away enough for people to come over. If it's hoarding, people are going to have a lot more difficult time doing that because they're attached to items. There's other mental health issues going on. There's attention issues. There's difficulty in making decisions. So somebody with hoarding 
disorder will likely tell you, you don't need to help me, I got it, I can do it myself. And they're honestly telling the truth and believe that they can, but they're not understanding their own, what we call psychopathology. They're not understanding that there's a lot of barriers to doing that without getting proper health and proper treatment. Mm -hmm. wow, wow, this sounds like, yeah. I mean, just the, talking about it's even a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. There's so much to think about. Yes. Um, and one thing I was thinking about is what about collectors versus hoarders? I guess it's the level of safety. That's a good question too. So I get a lot of people that say that they're collectors and a side note on that, when we're working with people with hoarding issues, if they're referring to their stuff as a collection, we do the same. So I'm not gonna challenge them on that. Okay. However, the difference between a collector and somebody with hoarding issues is a collector's gonna be very specific about what they collect. They're also going to intentionally collect things um, and they're also gonna keep the items in a way that signifies the importance or the value of that item. Somebody with hoarding issues is going to collect anything and everything in any way. So they accumulate. Exactly. So mm -hmm. there's not going to be a theme. There's not going to be the value placed on mm -hmm. that item. Mm -hmm. oh, and they're not necessarily um, things that are sentimental. I mean, everything maybe becomes sentimental. It's not just the pictures and the photo albums. It's right. trash. Right. So people are with hoarding disorder attached for, for three reasons, like all of us are. Okay. There's the sentimental, which we all keep things we don't need necessarily because uh -huh. of sentimental reasons. There's an instrumental attachment, which means it can be fixed, it can be worn again, somebody else can use it at some point. And then there's the intrinsic value. We just like how things look. Mm -hmm. And so we can all make judgments on other people's stuff and say, well, that's not right, but yet we wouldn't want our things, things taken judged or judged. Like exactly. Uh -oh. uh -oh. So, so hoarding is a pathology, I guess, and yes. it's like that's what I'm hearing you say. I mean, true, true hoarding. Yes. The hoarding disorder and the hoarding behavior, maybe, which is a manifestation of that. So, if a loved one or someone you know is a hoarder, you know, how should how, how should how should we help them? So, the important thing with working with hoarding issues, whether it's hoarding behavior, hoarding disorder, is to understand that it is a mental health issue. It's hard to understand that sometimes because the solution for somebody who doesn't struggle with it seems so simple. It's like yeah. just pick it just up. Just clean up your stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not that simple. So, being able to remove yourself from dealing with the person's personal items and use an approach that we call the harm reduction approach. And we suggest that if you're a family member, if you're a professional working with a person, if you're just a friend or a therapist to be able to approach somebody initially working with the harm reduction approach. And what that means is instead of going in and saying, you know, your door, I can't even get open and all the junk's there and there's dog food back there and the dog hasn't been here for years and you need to get rid of these things. Yeah. We would go in and say, I noticed that when I came in the front door, I can't open it all the way and I'm really concerned for your safety. How can I help you make it safe? And we work in that process so that okay. we're doing things. We have a form called the Uniform Inspection Checklist that I developed several years ago that's used throughout the US, Canada, and Australia to manage hoarding cases. It's based on the harm reduction approach and it walks people through. You have to have egresses, you have to have pathways, and that goes for anybody, even mm -hmm. if you're not in a hoarded home. So it really kind of levels the playing field and takes that mental health aspect off mm -hmm. because while it's important to get mental health help, and especially if we're talking about families trying to help mm -hmm. their family member, that's not usually what the person with the hoarding issue wants to hear because they don't really see that they have a mental health issue. They just have too much stuff. What about people that are uh, say class hoarders, mm -hmm. we'll call them, 
if they move to assisted living or or, or must move, yeah. what, what do we do? What do you do then? They, obviously, I'm going to assume they want to take all that stuff with them. Right. So it's a very tough situation, and that's when we call people like who you had earlier, like Tina, to help with that. So we do it kind of in t from two aspects. As a therapist, I would go in and help with the mental health piece about downsizing and attachment and letting go. And somebody like a professional organizer that has experience with people that struggle with this would help them in making the determination on what to take and not what not to take. But that also leads into the question of where other families want to go in and clean the person's home out for them, or just do a full clean out. We recommend that those are never done, but sometimes we know they have to be done, like a full clean out. What happens though when you do that is yeah. you mentioned before about hoarding is triggered by trauma and loss. Mm -hmm. So if you go take all their stuff out and they're not involved, you've caused a trauma or lo and a loss, which is going to make it worse. Yeah. And then also they have no, they don't know how to manage the new space because they don't have the skills and strategies that have to go along with that. And then the behavior modification, which is what we do, the um, cognitive behavioral therapy to help them get through it. Is that the best treatment approach, the cognitive therapy? Yes, the cognitive behavioral therapy is the best approach. Um, the work happens, it can happen in the home, so I do work in people's home or also yeah. in an office. I work out of the Nashville OCD and Anxiety Treatment Center in Brentwood, okay. and so right. we do work in their offices too. And so guess what, we're putting your contact information yeah. up here. So we've just got, a, just got a few seconds okay. left. Oh, I like the title, theclutterMovement.com. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that's where someone would call and you can start with helping them find out if this is really a hoarding situation or if it's just clutter. Exactly. And in that involving too, we always run do the risk assessment. So is somebody about to get evicted from their home? Are they mm -hmm. about to, you yeah. know, needing to move and what it, how do we need crisis. to address it? Yes. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Well, we sure do appreciate you being here today. It's very fascinating. Right. And I'm Tim Takas, so we just got a few seconds left. For more information about the organizations and resources that we've talked about in today's show, please visit our website, tn-elderlaw.com, and click on the News Hour tab, and you'll see a lot, about, a lot of information about uh, this and other segments and other shows that we've done. Thanks for staying with us, and we'll see you next time.